the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Six minutes after six on a Friday, final show of this week, and uh, we got a good one for you today. Of course, Robert Steinbach and Chris Corbett will be with us here this first hour. They are my uh, go-to lawyers when I want to talk about legal issues and about what's going on in, in the state uh, capitol during the, uh, the, the the meeting of the mind, so to speak. We're going to talk about something that I don't understand. I even had, I tried to get Seth Mays to explain it to me the other day on the air, and, 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 and I don't understand it still, but we'll, uh, we're going to talk about it, and that is that you, you pass a bill with overwhelming support, and then the governor vetoes it, and then you go back to override the veto, and all you need at that point is a simple majority, 50 plus one, and you can't you can't get it in the House. You only get 40 votes, and 60 odd people voted for the bill. I don't get it, and we'll talk about it here in a moment uh, about that. A couple of really fast notes for you if you're just getting up. Uh, Robert uh, Steinbach is here. Robert, are you familiar with the name Jessica Walters? No. Okay, famous actress. Very famous actress. Uh, if I give you a couple of her roles, you'll know who she is immediately. Uh, she was in the Clint Eastwood, the movie that put him over the top as a director, made him, uh, started his, his fame as a director called Play Misty for Me. Have you seen that movie? Doesn't sound familiar. Okay. Well, anyway, it's about a, a guy starts dating a lady, and she's a psychotic chick, and he breaks up with her, and then she's out to kill him, and it's a, it's a great movie. Well, Jessica Walter played the psychotic chick, okay, just so you know. Uh, if you want to be, have you ever, and I probably have not, all right, but have you ever watched the animated series Archer on the sci-fi channel? I know it, but no, I haven't watched it. Okay, well, watch a couple episodes that has his mother in it, which is hilarious, uh, you you got to watch him. Well, Jessica Walters was the voice of his mom. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just so you'll know. All right. So anyway, enough of that since you don't really know who she is. But people that watched Arrested Development and some of the other sto- shows that have been on TV and on uh, movies uh, will know who Jessica Walter is. She was in a movie with James Garner back in the, I think, mid-60s uh, Grand Prix. All right, so she was in that movie as well. She she has 160 acting credits to her name. So she she was big on big on the big screen and on the little screen. So that was uh, the, that's one thing. 
I told everybody today we might have a very, very special guest, and we will at 7 o'clock. At 7 o'clock, former governor of Wisconsin, uh, Scott Walker, is going to join us, and uh, we're going to be talking to him. He has launched a new campaign to take on the cancel culture. So this should be a real interesting discussion. I can't wait to talk to him about it. And uh, the, he's going out and looking for trouble, so to speak, uh, Robert. I mean, when you go out to, mm-hmm. to, to tell people what the cancel culture is all well, about. Well, I, I, I want to I talk with him. That's I'm, I'm on board. Sign me up. Okay. Well, listen, listen in in the 7 o'clock hour. You can hear him. Okay, so mm-hmm. with that said, Chris Corbett is here. He's going fishing today, so he's up there in Fairfield Bay. Uh, where is where? You, are you on a boat yet? Not yet. It's dark here. The no. sun has not risen. Okay, so you can't fish in the dark, right? I mean, you don't fish. I'm not a big fisherman. Well, I don't know. I don't know, Dave. I think the big browns come out on the White River in the dark. Oh, and you cool. fish, and you fish them. Yeah, and you fish them with a. Uh, uh, imitation mouse pattern. Mouse How about that? Pa- what is a mouse pattern? <laughs> it's an actual mouse. The big browns eat the mice during the really? night. Okay. Yeah. So what do you do? Take a bunch of mice up with you while you fish and throw them no, in the you, water? <laughs> no, you throw a, you throw an imitation like a fly, but he looks like a mouse, and you drag okay. him across the top of the water. Monster brown trouts. Sounds like good eating to me. <laughs> I oh, this like is just trout. trophy hunting. This no, is I trophy hunting. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I I love the uh, the, tr- the going out trout fishing on the red. I've I've done that a lot. All right, guys. So let's let's talk about the big story. By the way, Robert Steinbach is a legal professor over at UALR's Bowen School of Law. Uh, his uh, opinions are his and his alone and not necessarily those of school law or the university to which it's attached, but they should be. And they really should be. Uh, they should take some leadership from uh, Robert Steinbach. And then Chris Corbett is an attorney as well. His specialty is engineering law, but he, uh, he does work in all types of law. And he's done a lot of other things as well, which is makes him a very interesting character to sit down and 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 talk to. You you know who you remind me of, Chris? You don't dress Who's like that? Him, but you, you remind me of that guy that's out in Colorado who used to be the big uh, attorney out there and was all about civil rights and things of that nature. You know, oh, yeah. you know who I'm talking about? I think his name is Spence. Yeah. yeah, that's who it was. Doesn't Jerry the hard that's, a hard hitter. That's what Chris doesn't. Chris remind you of him. You need to get a buckskin jacket, buddy, and start wearing it. Oh man! You remember he he wore the buckskin he he wore that buckskin uh, jacket with the things. Yeah, hanging Gary on and stuff. Spence. Gary, he's Spence. got a book out on how to win any argument. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a a great read for any talk show host, doesn't it? That's right. <laughs> or or anybody right. who's married. <laughs> that is true at times, I'll be honest with you. All right, mm-hmm. with that said, uh, Senator Dan Sullivan got a bill passed in the House, in the Senate, overwhelmingly got them passed, and um, it was a bill that said that uh, what the uh, Arkansas government had done was wrong when they 
went out and find businesses uh, with on, during this COVID-19 time that they weren't following the rules well enough. And they find them, and the bottom line was they find them to the tune of about forty thousand uh, dollars here over this last year. And this 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 bill, you know, it actually um, passed overwhelmingly. I think there was seventy votes for it in the House and. It was a little closer in the, in the Senate. I think it was like 1917 in the Senate. Now, here's what's weird. The governor uh, vetoed the bill because he didn't like the idea of uh, giving that money back, and he didn't think it was wrong for the state government to do that. And it, it passed overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly uh, said to the governor, no, no. Uh, we passed this law. It's going to be law, whether you like it or not. And they uh, they overrode his veto. Well, then it went to the House. Now, in the House, there was 20-something, uh, I mean, there was like 70 people who voted for this bill. And when they went to override the veto, only 40 of them, uh, or 40 of them voted against overriding the veto. And I'm thinking to myself, when I heard about this, I said, then why did you vote for the bill? Did you not believe in the bill? Now, Seth Mays uh, from the Arkansas GOP was on with me Tuesday, and he had a couple of, of things that he said. He said, one, perhaps they didn't believe in the bill as much as everybody thought they did uh, that, uh, that got carried. And number two, uh, evidently the, government, uh, the governor came and talked to the caucus, is what I'm hearing, and... Uh, and so did um, Brant, I think, Brant Smith. And uh, after they, they, they talked, a lot of people defected from overriding the government, uh, governor's veto. I just I got to tell you, I was stunned I, when I heard that it didn't override. I thought it was a, it was a slam dunk for them to override uh, the veto. Over 40 Republicans changed, flip-flopped on this. Did, did this surprise you at all there, Mr. Steinbach? I'm sure it did. I was very surprised. Uh, let me read you some names, Dave, no because name. this is the critical point here. You have uh, 20-something Republicans who voted for it and then voted against it. Now, by the way, for your audience, just to be clear, there are three ways, actually, in the Arkansas legislature that you can vote against something. You vote no. Or you you vote, quote, present, or you're there, but you don't press the clicker. You don't vote. So you might say, wait, wait, those are not no votes. Yes, they are. Because here's how it works. To win any vote in the state legislature, it has to be a majority of the legislature. Meaning, not a majority of those who who show up. You know, you go to your town council meeting and they have to get a quorum. That means they need to get most of the people to show up. Once they show up, then a majority of those takes the day. Okay. Not in the state legislature. It's a it's a majority of the entire body, uh, whether the people are there or not. So okay. if you don't show okay. up, Robert, but, do yep. me a favor. Yep. I got to get our first break in. Let's do it. Keep your thoughts here. You're taking us through how these votes are counted. 
that if uh-huh. you don't vote, you're really voting against. And if you, you know, you say that uh, uh, you're present, but and you're there, but you're still not voting, you are voting. So we'll talk about that just a moment here right. on the Dave Ellswick Show. Applied Research wants us all to know. I, my my son-in-law evidently came in contact or was disp- displaying some symptoms of what might be COVID-19. Well, they gave him a test. Well, until the test comes back, the results get back, he's got to quarantine himself. So he's stuck in his bedroom away from his family uh, and, and uh, until the results come back to say whether he's positive or negative. There's a way now of getting around that part of it, the, the waiting. I mean, like six or seven days in some cases. So uh, the folks over at Applied Research now, if you go by their clinic, uh, they will do what they call a rapid COVID-19 test, a fast COVID-19 test. And I'm telling you hours here instead of days. And then uh, they can tell you whether you're positive or whether you're negative. And if, if you are positive, they can, they can give you some uh, advice about what you should be doing uh, while, that's, while you're uh, going through COVID-19 and, uh, you know, basically treat you. They're, uh, they're good people over there at Applied Research, and all you got to do is give them a call, and they'll set you up for one of these fast COVID tests. I mean, some places now, when you go out to, to work at them, uh, you have to have a COVID-19 test. I'm going to have surgery in May. I've had my shots already. I still have to go through a COVID-19 test uh, five days before the surgery. So I'll be, I'll be doing that. It seems kind of like overkill, but it is what it is. The number to call to get yourself set up for this is 501-954-7822. 501-954-7822. And uh, Applied Research, their clinic, is right there on uh, Rodney Parham on the uh, west side of town, right next to the Burger King and right down from Party Town or Party, Party Time, Party City. And they'll, they'll help you out with all of this and, and get you all taken care of. That's 501-954-7822, Applied Research number for a rapid COVID-19 test. All right, we're back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, Robert was talking to us, Robert Steinbach, uh, talking to us about the three different ways you can vote, even though you don't vote, uh, when a bill comes up. There's two ways that you can vote without voting, all right? I know that sounds, that sounds crazy, but it is the truth. You don't have to push the button. If you don't push the button... It, or you're not there to push the button, it's as if you push the button no, okay, just so you'll know. So let's go back and let's talk. We're talking about this override of the governor's veto of, I think, uh, it was, what was it, Senate Bill 301. Yeah, indeed, Dave. We're not talking about if you're out sick. That's a separate category, and that, in, in effect, uh, we're not counting it. But if you're there, if you're a state legislator, and you go to the legislature uh, and you can vote yes, you can vote no, you can vote present, that's a no, and you cannot press the button, that's a no. And here are the names of the about 20 state representatives who voted yes originally on this bill and now voted no. Now, 
Before I read you those names, I want to highlight something here, Dave. Okay. It's one thing to have a state legislature, a state legislator, vote against this bill initially, and then again. Uh, meaning, you and I both well know, for example, Joyce Elliott. I like Joyce Elliott. I think she's a, a smart person. I disagree with her on virtually everything. So she's going to vote against bills that I support because we have a different political philosophy. There were a handful of Republicans that voted against Dan's bill in the original uh, vote. And while I disagree with them, okay, you know, they have a different approach to things. I much more, much more I'm concerned about those Republicans who originally voted for the bill and now voted against it, because these are the people. Remember that when the going gets tough, they get going when the going gets tough and you as a constituent go into their office and say, hey, Mr. State Rep, I've got a problem. The state is doing something to me and it's bad. And they go, OK, right. let, let, let me look into it. And then they and by the way. What, who does something to you when the state does something to you? It's called the executive branch, right? It's the department of this, the agency of that, the administration of that. Those are all under the governor, the executive branch. So they call up the branch, and then the governor says, yeah, it's okay, don't worry about it, look away, look away. And then this guy comes back to you and says, well, the governor says everything's okay. Why do I say that? Because that's what they did here. In other words, they voted for something that they believed in, apparently. But then when the governor said, don't do it, they said, yes, sir, may I have another? Yes, sir. You know, it's like the old, more porridge, please, sir. Yeah, you know, it, it's really uh, r remarkable. Let me read you these names before we get too far into it. Boyd, Bragg, Bro, Brown, uh, Brown rather, Crawford, Coleman, Cozart, Eves, uh, Davis, Eubanks, Evans, Fight, Holcomb, Lynch, um, I said fight already, Hawks, and we're going to talk about Hawks, Chris, uh, Gene, uh, Johnson, that's the, the Johnson that's in the House, not in the Senate, don't mix them up, uh, McNair, Ladyman, Maddox, Smith, Tosh, w Wardlaw, Warren, Vaught, Wooten, all of those Republicans voted for the bill the first time around and then voted against it. And let me add one thing before I turn it back to you guys. Chris, as you know, and I haven't said this to you privately, we have been talking both on the air and all off the air that I think you need to run for office. You're considering running for office from up there uh, in the Conway area. You're considering whether to run for the House position currently occupied by Hawks or what will be the open position currently occupied by our good friend uh, Jason Rapert. Jason's going to run for uh, the lieutenant governor. I've already endorsed Jason for that position. Um, even Jason and I disagree from time to time, but Jason's a great man. And uh, Hawks has talked about running for that Senate position, and we've talked about whether we should kind of make a team effort of you running for House and Hawks running for Senate, or you competing against Hawks respectfully as well. Hawks has no entitlement to that position. He's just been in the House, right? Well, I am stating on the air, unheard before even to you, you need to run against Hawks. If Hawks is going to flip like a, a cheap quarter on such an important issue, we 
don't need someone like that in the state Senate. We need a true conservative, Trump-like conservative, who's going to represent the interests of the people in the state Senate, not to be a crony of the governor. Those are my thoughts. I think what needs to be understood here, again, either these people who voted for the bill didn't read the bill before and didn't understand it and voted for it anyway, or when it came, push came to shove and they had to stand against the governor and the governor's main argument about this was, well, you've got, we've got to hold on to these fines because if we don't, then nobody will ever follow our rules again, which, which is really a, a very weak argument. Uh, because there are other businesses that did, but there's a lot more that goes into that understanding of this bill. It, it, it amazes me that they flipped. I mean, this this was like a John Kerry flip. I mean, this was a flip-flop big time, and they need to be held accountable for this. They're, what was the answer here? Did you not read the bill the first time and still vote it for it? Or you thought it was a great bill and you voted for it, but when the governor said he was against it, you said, oh, the governor doesn't like it. Well, the governor is the governor, so I'll, I'll uh, hold the governor's veto up. Or did you believe the governor's argument? We'll come back. We'll talk more about this as we come back from the news here on the Dave Ellswick Show. You know, if there's one topic that I have uh, that I discuss with with folks that listen to the show that they hate, it's health insurance. I mean, they really hate it anymore about, you know, it's like you go to the doctor, you're paying, let's say you're paying a premium of somewhere around close to $1,000. And uh, and you, some of you are paying more than that. And you go to the doctor and you got to pay a copay to even get in to see the doctor's. 25, 50 bucks or something like that. And then the doctor sees you and he prescribes this or that. And you got to pay like 80% of the drug price. Or you go to the hospital and the insurance does 80%, but you're stuck with, you're still stuck with 20%. Let me tell you what, what you need to do is break all of your, some of your misconceptions of what health insurance can be like and call Pat Davis. Uh, Pat Davis goes by Your Health Plan Man, and his uh, website is yourhealthplanman.com. And you get a hold of Pat, and here's what's going to happen. He's going to tell you how to save 30 to 50% on the health insurance that you have right now. If you're self-employed, he's going to tell you this is the next best thing to glazed donuts hot out of the oven at Krispy Kreme. Uh, if you talk to Pat, he's going to tell you this is a health plan for people who hold conservative ideas and you don't want to pay for something you don't believe in. And it's an insurance, uh, actual insurance plan and not a share plan. Share plan is not insurance. You've got to keep your fingers crossed that all the other people that are in the share plan are going to kick in their money so that your bill gets paid. So you can choose any provider in the nation when you talk to Pat and get a great deal. Now, everything I just said goes against what insurance is like now as far as health insurance goes. And I know it sounds too good to be true, but I'm going to beg you here on the, on the Dave Ellswick Show to call 501-605-6935 and talk to Pat 
Let him walk. It won't take but a moment. Let him walk you through how this works and then sign up so you can save some money. Wouldn't it be great that instead of you giving a check to your doctor, the urgent care, or even the hospital, that you get a check back to you, payable to you? Well, it's not something that you're just going to, you know, fantasize about. It can happen with Pat Davis. Again, his number, 501-605-6935. There's, it's legal. There's no gimmicks. It really works. Give him a call and talk to him about it. He's your health plan man at healthplanman.com. All right, back here on the Dave Ellswick Show, and we've been talking about the Republicans who voted for Senate Bill 301, which would have sent back the money to the businesses that um, uh, were punished because, you know, maybe a server didn't have a mask on or uh, they didn't wipe a table down correctly or whatever. And it's about $40,000 with the businesses that they, uh, they, they punished with this. And uh, the governor's argument was that if you didn't hold to this, then all of the other businesses that did and didn't get punished this way, uh, you know, they were going to get upset because, um, well, the bottom line is they, they kept the rules and these others didn't. Problem is, that's really an oversimplification of, uh, of this. Uh, these, the, the government would come in and maybe they were going to hit you with a really big fine. And they said, but, you know, if you'll sign this paper here saying that you'll follow these rules from now on, we'll only charge you one-fifth of what we were. So, you know, basically they, they did the old, um, you know, we've got protection. And, and if you go with, uh, you know, if you don't give us a hassle and, and you pay your stipend to us, then uh, all, everything's going to be okay. And I had problems with the way that they did that. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy, Dave. I've got a good example here. It's a, it, this is so simple, uh, and it's, I think it's a, uh equality versus an equity thing, right? The, right. The, the, these fines weren't, well, they weren't handed out equally. Um, they had small mom-and-pop restaurants that got hammered with $1,000 fines. And here's the example. So I go to eat my catfish, right? I'm eating my, my four pounds of crawfish, and it's taking them a while to cook it, right? Yeah. And the young lady says, um, I, I go to get a beer, right, my second beer. She goes, um, well, sir, how many beers have you had? I said, well, uh, this is my second beer, but I said, why does it matter how many beers I've had? She said, well, Eat My Catfish has a policy that we can only serve you three beers. I'm like, oh. Okay, I said, what we have here is an equality versus an equity issue. She goes, huh? She's a college student. I said, well, hang on, Henry. Hear me out. Are you telling me a 100-pound man can come up here and get three beers, and that's all he can have? But a 300-pound man, he only gets three beers, too. I said, that's not equitable. It's 
equal. It's equality. Everybody gets three beers, but obviously a 100-pound man that drinks three beers and a 300-pound man that drinks three beers is not equitable. So what they did here, the Republicans that flip-flopped, they need a little lesson um, from eating catfish in equality versus equity, right? Yeah, I, I agree, and they, they also need a, a lesson in mom and pops getting hit with a $1,000 fine and the big, big stores not getting any fines. That's it. That's right. So the, it wasn't, it wasn't, there wasn't, the fines weren't levied equally, right? And then when it came down to some equity, it's not, it wasn't fair. It wasn't impartial. These were folks that are trying to make a living with people, you know, serving food, but other businesses were allowed to prosper. Lowe's and Home Depot, they ripped it up. People were doing their gardens and um, building decks when the mom and pop's restaurants were, trying, were struggling. Well, and were they, when people came in, were they following the rules and telling them they had to wear a mask? I can tell you, I'd go to Walmart, and there was a small, but there was a group of people that wouldn't wear a mask, and they thought the same way that I would think in this instance is, well, if you don't want my money, then tell me to leave. That's right. That's right. Well, and then the bigger issue here was that this rule was made by the executive branch, and the legislature was not allowed, or the governor didn't call in the legislature to make a law. He just made a rule, $1,000 fine, and he enforced it through the Department of Health. To his Ooh. defense a little bit, and, and you can talk to this too, Robert, I don't think it was the governor who made these fines. It was the Department of Health, and that bothers me as well, that some department is making these these fines that they're going to hit you with, and the legislature has no say in it. That's wrong. Well, think about how brilliant Chris's insight is. I mean this sincerely. Chris is so right on the money. We have three branches of government. Two of them are involved in lawmaking. One of them is the closest to the people. Which one? The legislature. And the governor, through his departments, now you can say, well, I blame the department or I blame the governor. Who's the boss? Who's the head of the fish, as they say? But I don't care. The fact is that these rules were done entirely in the executive branch. And they claim, well, we had statutory authority to do so. I disagree with that interpretation. You were part of the lawsuit to to get involved in that. Many legislators repeatedly said, please call us back in. If I were a governor, I would say, I don't care what I must do. Let me tell you what democracy says for me to do. Let me bring in the legislature. This is a once in a, in a millennia or maybe at least once in a century event. Let me call in the legislature. Why was the legislature not called up? And so when the legislature gets in, guess what they say? You didn't call us up? Well, now we hear, baby. We hear. And hear what we're doing. SB 301. We are giving back the money. And then, by the way, these people were already fined. They suffered the indignation of being fined. They suffered enough penalty. It only happened to go to small businesses. Coinky dink, I don't know. Uh, because, you know, small businesses don't make particularly big uh, donations to, uh, to elections. Hey, put that aside for a minute. And 50 grand out of a, uh, billions of dollars that the state manages, that's really important. But 
This is how politics works. And so it goes back from the governor to the legislature, and you get 20 people flip-flopping like John Kerry. Let me tell you, every one of those flip-floppers, I hope they're primaried, and I hope every one of them has a John Kerry picture put up next to them, because that's what I'm doing. (laughs) (laughs) Flip-floppers. They're the flip-floppers. That's what I'm going to call them. You remember... John Kerry took a whole lot of heat because he changed his uh, votes or he changed what he believed in constantly. And uh, this happens in the state legislature just as much as it happens uh, up there on the Hill in Washington, D.C. And if we're going to hold somebody in Washington, uh, you know, for for doing that, hold them responsible and the reason being they got a D in front of their name. Uh, we've got to do the same thing if they have an R in front of their name. This is a principle thing. I have my principles that you don't go out and, and attack small businesses like this uh, without the legislature being involved with setting up uh, rules and laws. And, uh, you know, it's just a, it's a sad situation. And I think the governor, as I believe he has during a lot of the COVID-19 outbreak has overextended his power. Uh, He has read in that he is all-powerful through a law that was passed back in the 70s. And I'm sorry, he's not all-powerful, and he should have brought the legislature into the mix really early on with this. After the first couple of weeks, when when he knew, talking to the health department people, that they were telling him, Hey, we're going to have to shut down, not maybe for weeks, but maybe for months. At that point, he should have called in the state legislature. Dave, tell me this. Why would you not? Why? Well, we've got a big emergency, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Issue whatever executive order you want to issue. Meaning you can do every exact thing that you've done and call in the legislature. Well, they may undermine or reverse what I've done. Yeah, that's the point. They may come to a collective decision different than yours, and then you can veto it if you don't like it and see if they can override it. That's called, what's the word I'm looking for, guys? Oh, yeah, democracy. (laughs) Yeah. A republic form of democracy that we're supposed to have in this country and in this state. All right, another break, guys. Let's do that. Then we'll come back. We can pick up. Did you all watch the uh, president's press conference yesterday? Uh, I, I saw the president stumbling and bumbling. You t- what, what are you calling it? You're calling that a press conference? I saw the press kissing his butt. Is that the thing you're calling a press conference? Yeah, and evidently it's coming out now that he had prearranged who was going to get to ask a question, and those no. questions... Those questions were looked at before they were asked. So let's talk about that when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. 12, 12 minutes before 7, a break, and then more here at 101.1 FM, The Answer. Okay, so yesterday the president had his first press conference, and uh, it took him longer to have his first press conference than any president in the last 100 years, just to put that into perspective. On the the podium with him, uh, he had detailed notes, which is good. I don't have any problem about him having detailed notes. Mm -hmm. And he had 
This is kind of weird. He had a thing on his on on it that had all the pictures of all the reporters with their names and a little bit about them. So when he picked a, he said something, uh, Peter Ducey, uh, is that your dad that's on Fox and Friends every morning over on Fox TV? You know, that kind of stuff. That make him sound like an every kind, everyday kind of guy. He had that. And uh, it, 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 it just smacked of artificiality, I thought, as I watched it, because it is coming out that he told the, uh, the people who were going to get a chance to ask questions and what topic they wanted them to talk about. And that's not a press conference. That's a set-up briefing is what that is. And, and that's wrong. The American people deserve better than that. They, they deserve to see that their president has, has his, his hands around and understands the issues that are uh, facing uh, our country. And uh, I don't think they got that yesterday. And no. then he, he, he said it's typical everything that I knew he would say. And he lied about the border. I'm just telling everybody right now, you want to call Trump a liar? Go back and listen to what uh, the president said about the border. And he lied about that. I'll tell you what else he, he lied about. He lied about the immunizations. There's two stories here that you need to be aware of when it comes to the immunizations. He said when he came into office that the Trump administration had left nothing for them about COVID-19 and the immunization program. False. That's not true. You do a little bit of research and you'll find that there were 28.7 million doses of the vaccine ready to go. So that whole story about, hey, in the first 100 days, we've uh, vaccinated uh, 100 million people. Now, aren't we great because we produced all that vaccine? Wrong. They didn't. They didn't. It was already being produced in mass quantities, and the president is lying about that. Absolutely. It's, it's, a, it's not just a falsehood. It's not just a, a, mis, a misspeak. This is a man who lied. You know, he lied about it. Now, I'm, I know I, I, I hear people in the background, I hear him clamoring with pitchforks and torches saying, Dave, President Trump lied before. Well, here's what I'll tell you about that. I don't want any president to be lying. And when, when the president was fudging the facts before, I talked about that. And uh, I'm, I'm just telling you, when, uh, when you're the president, the American people got to know that you're telling them the truth. And he's, he's not telling them the truth about the border. The border is a mess. It's going to even be a bigger mess as time goes on. Uh, these, these immigrants are coming and they're saying, well, I wouldn't have done this if, if Trump was president, but Biden's president. And he says, come to America. That's what's being said. That's the truth of the matter. And he's and, and these kids are, are sleeping on cots on the floors. Remember that when that happened in the Trump administration, how he was, he was compared to a Nazi because he did that? These were concentration camps. These are the same camps that, that Trump built that are in good shape, that are where these people need to be at. And they're turning around and nobody's saying anything like the, uh, about uh, Biden like they said about Trump. And they're not testing a lot of them. 
They, they admit that they've let at least 2,900 people come in that were COVID-19 positive. Come on, folks. Let's wake up to this matter here. Go ahead, guys. I'll let you jump in. Yeah. Well, it sounds like from everybody, the critics, saying that this thing was scripted. Like, here's what you're going to ask, and here's how we're going to answer it. So the yep. first press conference is, is scripted. It seems so fake. That's the point that I'm, I'm trying to, I was trying to make here. A press conference right. is supposed to be the press doing their job as, quote, the fourth estate, which they don't do anymore. Now they're the offensive and defensive line for the Democratic Party, and they, they you know, they go along with this stuff. Right. Well, on the press, the press doesn't need to be a, doesn't need to be a partner in this stuff. The, the press has, has special uh, duties, in my mind. They got special treatment under the law. They need to challenge what the president's doing, what he's saying. They don't need to be part of some script that says, uh, oh, so how's it going on the border? And then, uh, no, that's not the way it's supposed to go down. And I, I think I think they're just trying to protect the president. They're trying to protect him. Well, and um, it's laughable. I got to tell you, I'm surprised that one of the questions were, was it, oh, uh, President Biden, have you fi- fi- have you filled out your bracket? How's your bracket doing? I'm surprised. <laughs> was that remember, one of the questions? No, it wasn't. I'm just surprised that it wasn't. I mean, yeah. we're doing the Obama oh, administration yeah. all over again. You would think that yeah. that it was one question. Remember, President Obama was on ESPN. With his right. bracket, so everybody would know what yeah. his bracket was. And they, uh, didn't, yeah. they didn't ask about either one of his dogs, either. I'm kind of surprised right. about that. Well, okay. on that note, the, the Razorbacks are playing tomorrow, right? Oral Roberts. They do. They play Oral yeah. Roberts tomorrow evening. I think it's about 625 tip-off. Uh, that's a yeah. that's a if. It depends on how the other games go, if they're overtime games or anything like that. But we're in the right. uh, Sweet 16. Hopefully we'll move on to the Elite Eight, and then maybe on to the final four. With that said, guys, we're out of time. We're out of time. Robert, what do you got planned today? What are you doing? You dying eggs today? Uh, uh, Yeah, I'm dying eggs because that's a big (laughs) Jewish uh, um, celebration. I'll be doing that. that. I figured that. Oh, by the way, so both of you would be happy. Pepsi has announced that they are going to have the first Pepsi Cola flavored peep. No. Nice. Pepsi. Yeah. Oh, Peep? Oh, oh I love peeps. peeps. Yeah, Let me tell you, you I love me some Peeps. Peeps are so good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. You have a great day. I'll talk to you later. All right, God coming up Bye-bye. coming up at uh, 7.05, the former governor of Wisconsin, Scott Walker, going to join us here on the Dave Ellswick Show.
All right, we're in the 7 o'clock hour now with the Dave Ellswick Show. Glad that you're with us. And uh, yesterday, because I hadn't gotten this completely nailed down, I just told you to make sure that you came to the show at 7 o'clock because we're going to have a hopefully very, very special guest. And i got to tell you, we have that special guest for you now. The former governor of uh, Wisconsin, Scott Walker, is with us. And, uh, Scott, thank you for being part of the Dave Ellswick Show today. And thank you for taking on the cancel culture. That's that's what your next step is now in, in your career, is to try to hold these people accountable and try, I guess, to uh, educate people about what they're trying to do. Oh, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. I love the bumper music, too. Being a child of the 80s, I love that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, great great to be on. Thanks for, for having me on talking about this. Yeah, I'm the new president at Young America's Foundation, YAF, which has a long tradition all the way back to William F. Buckley and Ronald Reagan was one of the earliest leaders in the 60s. And uh, what they do is exceptionally a, a good job of training what I say is the next generation of freedom fighters. But I just realize it's not enough. America really is under siege. We see it on our college campuses. Increasingly, we see it in our culture and even in our communications with the censorship from big tech. So we laid out this week a, a big, bold plan called the long game to really counter the left who's been at this for decades. And, and it's not going to be just a news cycle. It's going to take probably even more than a presidential cycle. It's going to take the long game uh, to win the war for the heart and soul of America. Well, how do how do we change this on the college campuses and 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 now high school campuses across this country where the teachers are literally teaching that this is the way it should be, that you don't have really have freedom. You have freedom of speech, but only for the words that we think you should be able to say. Uh, You have freedom to read whatever you want to read, except the books we don't think that you should read. I mean, what do we do to to stop this? I mean. Uh, you know, they're always calling us Nazis and fascists when the Nazis and fascists were the ones that burned books, not, you know, freedom-loving people. Well, that's exactly right. They're the divisive ones. We're the ones that want to bring people together. We have a, a one message fits all in the sense that no matter what your background, no matter what your age, no matter where you've come from, we believe in freedom and opportunity because we put our faith in the government. You know, they believe in socialism because they believe they put their faith in the government. They think the government, particularly the higher up you go, knows better. And so uh, the, the plan for us, it's a 12-point action plan called the long game. If people want to know all the details, they can go to yaf.org slash long game. Uh, but the heart of your question is we've got to reach more students uh, on more campuses and earlier. Uh, for example, YAF is already involved in over 2,000 campuses where we support conservative students. That sounds great. It is. It's impressive. It's one of the biggest out there. But that's not enough because there's over 4,000 college and universities. we got to be in all of them. we got to be not just in undergraduate campuses. we got to be in two-year associate degree community colleges. we got to be not just in high school, but in junior high. And I would argue even, even supporting elementary school students and their parents with materials to counteract you know, things like the 1619 Project and this Marxist propaganda uh, that's seeping into even our earliest grades to teach our kids to hate America. No, we need we can give them our, our action plan includes ways of getting the materials about our founders, about our founding principles, about our Judeo-Christian values that show that's what made America great and will going forward. 
All right, if you just turned on your radio and uh, tuning into the show today, where you been, number one. But number two, got a special <laughs> guest with us today, former governor of Wisconsin. Scott Walker is with us. And uh, people loved you, Scott, because you were a Midwestern. I'm a Midwestern. I, I grew up right outside of Chicago. I was born in Gary, Indiana. So, uh, you know, they were so taken by your your bluntness and your commonsensical thoughts that you had about uh, how to deal with problems. And, and now you're dealing with what should be a fairly easy common sense uh, problem that we have in our country. But when you go to college campuses, we had a run in here in uh, Arkansas at uh, Arkansas State University Turning Point set up a, a table on the campus and wanted to hand out some literature, and they were literally, literally thrown off the campus. Now, that caused uh, myself and others to get involved, and we passed a freedom of speech bill. You know, it just amazes me that we're back to having to pass special legislation so people can, you know, freely talk. I mean... Absolutely. Well, and one, again, one of our one of our action plan items is to, to not only do the work we currently do, and we do aggressive free speech efforts. We even took on UC Berkeley. We were trying to bring Ben Shapiro on to talk on campus. They blocked us from doing that. We went to court, ultimately won, got them to get rid of this ridiculous policy that not just UC Berkeley uses, but campuses all across America use, where they claim they're for free speech, but they put these undue barriers, these unrealistic security costs, these all sorts of stipulations that students on the left don't have to deal with. And so our action plan is not just to wait till people come to us, but to go out aggressively and seek out campus after campus, student after student, and not just our members. You mentioned TPUSA, uh, whether it's them, uh, Leadership Institute, College Republicans, mm-hmm. Students for Life, or YF chapters. We're going to support any conservative voice, including, by the way, professors and teachers in our colleges and schools, because there's many, many teachers and many, many professors out there that if they're not conservative, at least they want to teach objective. They just want to teach the facts, and they're incredibly intimidated, uh, just like so many of our students are. The left wants people like that to feel marginalized. We're going to stand up and say, you're not alone. We've got your back, and we've got a systematic plan to give them the support they need to go out and tell the truth. Yeah, does it worry you that what they do is they attack one or two people and that, and it becomes a big news item? And so you got other people who, who believe just the way these people did, I should have the freedom to talk about the issues that I want to talk about. But they're afraid to talk. You get this chilling effect that runs all through America then where people won't even talk about politics, for instance, because they don't want themselves to be attacked by the cancel culture. Exactly. But there's freedom uh, and there's strength in numbers. And so part of what we're trying to do is reveal, again, to our students and even to some of these educators, uh, that that there are more people who share these beliefs. But this is a big fight. This is a fight. This is why we call it the long game, because it's not going to take just a news cycle or even a presidential cycle. It's going to take time. Yes, we're starting right now. Yes, we have a sense of urgency for the battles of the day. But the left really dates this back all the way back to the 1960s with Saul Alinsky. We've seen it accelerate the last years, few years, particularly this past year. And, and I would argue it's more than just uh, political correctness. It's more than just liberal bias. I believe, particularly with BLM and with critical race theory, things like that, this is a calculated effort uh, by Marxist 
uh, heck, the BLM organization, the founders of it, admit that they're Marxist uh, sympathizers and organizers. This is not about race. This is using this as an excuse because decades ago, they tried to make America uh, follow Marxist principles. It failed. Why? Because America is not a class-based society. You can be the poorest of the poor and succeed in America. Uh, The only limits uh, are your imagination and your hard work and determination. So they've come back and they tried to create this class, one class versus another culture, by invoking race and sex and gender. We've got to push back on that. We've got to tell young people, and anybody for that matter, but particularly young, impressionable minds, That's not America. It's not pitting one citizen against the other. It's standing up and fighting for freedom and opportunity for everyone, no matter what they look like or where they've come from or what kind of family they have. Ultimately, freedom is available for everyone in this country, and we've got to fight and defend it. All right. Well, let's talk about freedom of speech just for a moment. Freedom of speech was passed by our founding fathers not to protect the people who had the majority opinion, but the people on the the minority who had the opinion that nobody thought was was worth a damn, basically. And uh, they had a right to be heard just like the majority did. We're getting away from that here in this country, and it's this cancel culture that's doing it. Well, exactly right. That It's guaranteed in our Constitution, reaffirmed in the Bill of Rights, and it's one of those things where, in the end, it should be the most revered on our college campuses, and yet it's the most under attack. Mm. And so that's why we've got to go. I want to win overall in the court of public opinion. But until we have campuses that freely allow open discussion and debate uh, across ideological lines, we're going to use the court of law to guarantee that uh, every time we need to, we'll, we'll take it to court because the law, in particular the Constitution, is on our side. And for too long, too many people have been in, really, I think, intimidated to invoke it. Again, strength in numbers. We're going to keep building these cases. We're going to go out and look for them, not just wait till they come to us. We're going to reach a million new students uh, to participate in our programs. We're going to bring record numbers of speakers into our campuses. We're going to reach out not just in person, but surprisingly, I think to many, the number one way young people get their information is not on Twitter. It's actually on YouTube. We've seen a dramatic increase on our YouTube channel of people wanting to hear not just our speakers, but hear them answer questions from radical liberal activists because they want to hear how to react in their own lives, whether it's at school or anywhere else. And so we want to have 5 million subscribers there and a billion views because we know the more we get our message out, the better off we are, which is precisely why, in contrast, the left wants to cancel conservative thought because they know it works and it makes sense. So they don't even want people to hear it. You know, I listen to you talk, and I can hear the emotion in your voice. I can hear the passion, and uh, I think perhaps you feel like I do. I believe that we're fighting for the soul of our nation right now. Absolutely. The heart and soul of this republic is at stake. We can turn it around. I'm an optimist. I came of age under Ronald Reagan. I'm not only a conservative because of him, but an optimist. I know that this country has faced hard times. I know. I think of my grandparents. My grandfather was a farmer in the Midwest who was was born in the same year as President Reagan. I know that generation faced two world wars, a depression. Globally, they had to deal with uh, uh, a Holocaust as horrific as that was. Uh, They had the Korean War and the Vietnam War. They went through some amazingly tough times, and still they passed on in America to my parents and now to me, uh, an America that was far greater than the one they inherited. 
We have to do the same things for our children and grandchildren. And the only way we do this is we stand up and fight and defend freedom. Remember, Reagan said freedom is only one generation away from extinction. That's right. You don't get it passed on through our bloodstream. you got to fight for it, defend it, and then pass it on to the next generation to do exactly the same thing. That's what the long game is all about. All right. If you'll hold with us, i got to take a quick break. Then I come back, I'd like to talk to you about how people get involved with this and uh, how they can fight back again personally as uh, against this cancel culture. Our guest is uh, former Wisconsin uh, Governor Scott Walker. We will continue our talk with him when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget about St. Clarity uh, Residential Cleaning. A deep clean for your home before Easter. You can get it done now. All you got to do is call 404-6560. 404-6560. Why is it important to call that number? Because instead of it costing you $300 to get your home uh, cleaned, it will only run you $150 if you come through us here at 101.1 FM, The Answer. Call 404-6560 after 9. Talk to Chuck, and Chuck could get you all set up. I met a lady as I came off the, the show the other day. I was walking down the hallway, went past the front door of the offices, and uh, I leave before the front office is open, and she was standing there waiting for them to open. And I said, ma'am, can I help you? And she said, uh, I'm waiting to get my uh, certificate for St. Clarity. And I said, you're going to be happy you did. They do a great job. And, uh, of course, she was talking about how great what she thought that our show was and things of that nature. But I went back and said, you're going to love St. Clarity Residential Cleaning. They're going to sit down and talk to you, and they're going to clean your home like it's never been cleaned before. So she was there. She she heard the, the message, and she acted on it. 404-6560. Talk to Chuck after 9. Get your certificate to St. Clarity residential cleaning. So I'm thinking that now when you go out on a date, both parties have to pay because if you're the man and you offer to pay for the date, then you're nothing more than a provocateur for the, you know, the patriotic uh, society that we have here uh, in in our Western civilization. I'm, I'm just joking, all right, but not joking. Cancel culture, that's the kind of stuff that they say. All right, our guest is, uh, of course, the former governor of Wisconsin, uh, uh, Mr. Walker, and it's good to have him with us today. I asked him a question during the break. I'm going to have him repeat it now to us, and that is, how do how do you get involved in this fight? How do you get your students involved in this fight? And uh, we'll let you talk about that. Yeah, no, thanks. It's it's real simple. It's yaf.org, yaf.org slash long game and it's one of those you go there we can get you the information not only about our give you a copy free copy of our 12 point plan but also we've got information on our overall website about how students can get involved uh, there's uh, there's uh, chapters all over this country in all 50 states we've also got members so say someone is in a middle school uh, they don't have a high school or college chapter they can join us as a member we invite them to conferences we get them materials we give them information so whether you're a student listening right now or maybe you're a parent or grandparent or just a concerned citizen we've got to reach not just more we've got to reach every student because we've got a winning message we know that when young people or anybody for that matter here's our message about freedom versus socialism about our belief in the individual and the family versus putting power in the hands of the government that is a winning winning message it's why the left's trying to cancel us they don't want people to hear it we need people in the fight 
It's not enough to just sit back excuse me, and let, uh, listen to others grumble about it or complain about it ourselves. We've got to be engaged in the fight. That's what the long game is all about. Do you have a lot of high schools that are already getting engaged with this, maybe seniors and juniors? We do, no doubt about it. Although, again, amazingly, even in high schools, uh, we have pushback. We just recently won a big case in New York State where they were refusing to let a conservative start student start a YAF chapter. And, and get this, this will really drive you crazy. So one of our, we have all sorts of programs, a lot of it's media conferences, seminars, great conservative speakers. But one of the things we do every year that's a good project on campuses and at high schools is on 9-11, we have a 9-11 Never Forget program where we put up an American flag out in the grass or in the concourse for every American life we lost on September 11th, um, coming to September, hard to believe, 20 years ago. You would yeah. not believe this, but some schools and some colleges don't want people to put it up. They they say it triggers uh, people's reaction to that. I said, no, our students need to remember not just what happened that day, but who did that to us and why we can never let that happen again. Yeah, absolutely. That is an absolute. Have you ever thought of having a, a kind of a, I, I know you have national meetings. I don't know if you've thought about this. You know, CPAC, uh, they have a radio row and people come from all over the United States to broadcast live from CPAC. Uh, have you all ever thought of doing the same and letting students get on these uh, various radio stations and let them? Yeah, Americans I love that idea. We're, we're yeah, we're moving our national conference from Washington to Houston this year because, uh, well, of course, Texas is wide open and free, and sadly our nation's capital is caged in and closed down. But I love that idea. I, I'll, I'll give you credit for that because uh, I was just – we're one of the – YF is one of the original sponsors of CPAC over the years, but I like the idea of adding that touch to it because we have from August 2nd to the 7th in Houston this year – we're going to have uh, a jam-packed, much like CPAC is, multiple days of conservative all-star speakers. Uh, but I like the idea of not just having them involved uh, with radio voices like yours, but getting students involved. Because one, I was just last week out at the Reagan Ranch in California outside of Santa Barbara, which we own and operate. We had a conservative conference there for students. And one of the guys uh, driving the shuttles, uh, taking the students to and from the ranch, said to me the next day, he just out of the blue said, I, I got to tell you, sir, your students were the most uh, decent, honorable, polite folks. He goes, we need more of that society. I said, well, uh, not only we train them well, I believe their parents train them well, which is why they're there in the first place. We need more of that in our society. Again, yf.org slash long game. Help us reach more students just like that. Governor, thank you for the time. I'll let you go because I know pleasure. you've got other people to talk to. Let's have you back on in the future, and I'll get a hold of the YAF people over at University of Central Arkansas, and they'll become a part of my show. How's that? I love it. God bless you. Keep fighting for freedom. All right. Thank you very much, Governor Scott Walker, here on the uh, the Dave Ellswick Show, yaf.org slash long game. It's gonna, you know, you couldn't have convinced me that we, you know, 15 years ago, that we would literally have to have these type of organizations to be able to get the story, the real story of the greatness of America out to students. But whether we want to believe it or not, that's where we're at. So I'm going to ask you uh, to support YAF. 
Just go to yaf.org. It'll tell you how you can do that. Make sure you go to yaf.org slash long game to learn about all the things that they're going to do uh, to make uh, freedom possible here in uh, our great nation. Uh, my, my thanks to former Governor Scott Walker for getting involved in this. I talked to him before he got started, and I said, you know, as much as the cancel culture attacked him during the time that he was governor of Wisconsin, why did he want to come back for a second dose? And he says, it's, you know, what we got to do. we got to fight this stuff. And uh, my, my uh, thanks to him for not giving up the fight. All right, Russia's next, and uh, we'll be talking to Matt Smith. We'll talk movies on the other side of the break on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back here on the Dave Ellswick Show, 25 minutes till 8, our last uh, full segment. And we're doing it as we do on Friday, every Friday with Matt Smith, who is the owner, operator, and main bottle washer for all the VIP cinemas here in central Arkansas, up in uh, Hot Springs, and, uh, of course, Little Rock, in uh, Cabot, and in uh, all the other areas, Cross State, Searcy, and and Batesville. But before I get into that, uh, let me remind you uh, about PI Roofing. PI Roofing, take care of your roof for you. Make sure that nothing goes bad with it uh, preemptively. You get it done before uh, the bad stuff starts showing up. And roofs give hints that they're reaching their lifespan. You know, you walk on the roof and it feels spongy in areas. You look and you see cracks uh, in areas. Uh, these are things not to ignore, but to address when you see them so that you don't wake up some morning or you're walking through your house some evening and you suddenly look up and you go, where'd that stain come from up on the ceiling? And it's a stain from the water that has dripped onto the uh, the drywall and come all the way through and, and left a stain. You, you, that, that's, that's not when you want to know you got a leak. You want to know that the leak is there way before that, and PI Roofing can identify it. All you have to do is call them, 707-3551, 707-3551, or go to their website at piroofing.com, and uh, they'll set up a time that they can come out and make sure your roof is in 100% good stead and working order. You want to make sure that's uh, the way it is. All right, we're going to move in here and talk to Matt. Matt, this is going, you're close to the first week of of having movies back in, in, the, in, the, in the theaters that are tentpole movies. And by tentpole, I mean they've spent, you know, millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars on some of these movies. And they're the ones that... Uh, the American movie going public really wants to see next week on Wednesday. It's Godzilla versus Kong. This has got to be one of the most anticipated movies in the last uh, couple of years. And uh, you're ready. People are already buying their tickets, right? Yes. Uh, the tickets are on sale now. That's Godzilla versus Kong. It's PG-13. It starts Wednesday, March the 31st. Tickets are on sale at all the theaters now. Uh, you can go to Riverdale10.com. Uh, com, HotSpringsVIP.com, of course, OaksVIPCinema.com in Baseball, and in uh, Dave's hometown at Cabot, it's CabotVIPCinema.com. You can buy those tickets are on sale now. The movie starts uh, Wednesday, uh, March 31st. Those tickets are already available. 
And, of course, uh, new this week, we have uh, the film Nobody from Universal Pictures. Right. And it stars Bob Odenkirk. And uh, he is the current star of the TV show, the hit TV show Better Call Saul. Uh, and he starred in, uh, of course, Breaking Bad. And uh, his new movie is Nobody. It's rated R. It's a John Wick-type action film. A lot of people watched it last night. They've enjoyed it. Those tickets are on sale. Nobody's playing at all five locations. You get those tickets on the website. And, of course, uh, new today at Riverdale 10 is Six Minutes to Midnight, and that stars J- uh, Dame Judy Ditch. And uh, it is set during World War II in England. Uh, be sure to check that out at Riverdale10.com. Of course, uh, all the theaters are still playing The Courier with um, – Mr. Cumberbatch, you know, you love him. You know, you're one of, yeah, he's you're one of his fans. <laughs> he's in the Courier that's playing at all the theaters. We're still playing Raya and the Last Dragon from Walt Disney Studios. Of course, Tom and Jerry is still on from Warner Brothers Pictures. Uh, we kept Crudes to a new age around from Universal for Spring Break. That's on. Uh, we've got a new Bollywood film uh, playing at Riverdale 10, Riverdale10.com to check that out. We've been playing some Bollywood musicals. And, um, uh, of course, Little Things with Denzel Washington is still playing. That's still out there at the cinemas. Uh, got a lot of good stuff coming up. We've got Goldfinger, the classic Dave Ellswick for April. It's the yeah. April 13th, that Tuesday. Uh, tickets are just $5. Showtime is 7 p.m. Uh, those tickets on sale at Riverdale10.com. And, uh, of course, next week on the 31st, as we talked about, Godzilla versus Kong. And then on April the 2nd, we'll have this movie called The Unholy. Uh, which is a horror film uh, from Sony. And that starts on Friday, April the 2nd. Uh, other cool stuff coming up. Uh, April the 9th, we'll have Voyagers, PG-13. It's a science fiction movie from Lionsgate. That starts uh, August the 9th. Uh, August the 16th, Mortal Kombat. Of course, based on the uh, massive runaway successful video game. That's from Warner Brothers Pictures. That is uh, April 16th. And April the 30th is Separation from Open Roll Distribution. That is a horror film. That's PG-13. And on May the 7th, we will have Wrath of Man, directed by Guy Ritchie. Yes. And, of course, starring Jason Statham. That I'm starts on May the 7th. Yes. You know, the the and, stuff uh, that Statham has done with Guy Ritchie in the past are good movies. Really good yeah. movies. Yes, you'll be out for that one. And then on May the 14th, we have Those Who Wish Me Dead, starring Angelina Jolie. Uh, it is written by Mr. Sheridan, who wrote uh, Yellowstone. Yeah. And uh, other movies that we really love. That's out May the 14th. So we've got a lot of movies coming up the next six weeks. But, yes, get your King Kong Godzilla tickets now. Yeah, i got to tell you, the way the movies are coming back, I'm excited. you got a monster movie. You got a horror movie, you got a sci-fi movie, and you got another horror movie. I like that. That's right in my wheelhouse. I'll be there. Well, nobody is a stand-up <laughs> action film, no doubt about it, this weekend from Bob Odenkirk. I mean, that's something you would want to see. I'll go see For it. Sure. I'll go see it. Yeah. I like him. Yeah. I think he's a good actor. It'll be fun to see the movie. And, it, and if you're saying it's like John Wick, I'll definitely come and see it. It is definitely John Wick-ish, as they say now. <laughs> I think you'll get a you'll get a thrill out of this. It's a good action picture, and it's kind of a it's a it's a different role from what he's done in Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. But that's good. 
Uh, now, I was a big fan of both of those TV shows, and, and I think he's a great actor. I'm, uh, I'm excited about this film. I think you'll enjoy it. It's a good movie. Well, i got to tell you, you were telling me before we came on, and this is important to me, this has been uh, spring break this week, and you said yes. that young people are coming back to the movie theaters. Yes, I mean, young people are back at the cinema, that's for sure. Uh, but, you know, we've been open since May the 18th. Oh, and I know. So, we you know, talking about it. Yes. We've had customers, um, but, you know, it's um, – and we've had some great stuff going on. You know, Tuesday, all the movies are $5. Uh, we've got some candy specials we've been running for a dollar. Nachos, $3. Uh, you know, popcorn for 5 bucks. Of course, you know, the theaters all have a full food menu. And, you know, we've got those luxury leather electric recliners with tables and reserved seating. That, you know, that's out there. People have been coming out to see us. But, yes, um, we've had people out from spring break. But, you know, we've had customers this entire time that have been out, you know, just looking for something to do. But, obviously, for us, uh, having a movie like uh, – Godzilla versus Kong, a big movie like that on the screen. Uh, that's got more of a pop culture general awareness. And that's going to get out more than just your cinephiles or your hardcore movie fans. Um, I think we're doing great in Arkansas. You know, you keep hearing that the uh, virus cases are going down. Yes. You keep hearing the vaccinations are going up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know a lot of restaurants that I've been by are just full of customers. People are back. Uh, that's been great for Arkansas. Uh, I really hope that the governor drops the restrictions on the 1st of April next week, you know. Uh, I want to get back to doing refills, and I want to get back to having the self-service butter stations and having the the, uh, the condiments and all the 12 flavors of salt and the ketchup and everything out there for people to kind of fix their food like they want. You know, we want to set those stations back out in the lobby for people, let them get their own butter. I know you like to coat it and layer it in there. Everybody does. We want to get back to that. Um, I hope he does that. But for us, uh, you know, in the, in the cinema business, we are certainly um, a global business. And so, you know, when you see the mistakes of socialized medicine in Europe and how they have really dropped the ball on those vaccines, and then you see all the problems with uh, no vaccines south of the border in Mexico and in those South American countries, uh, that's definitely going to, um, going to affect the release pattern of films. You know, when you've got a movie that you put $500 million in, you need that to hit every movie theater of consequence across the globe on the same day. And in order for that to happen, we've got to ramp up these vaccines uh, in these other places. You know, Asia's back online. They're they're doing real well. Movie theaters in in Japan and uh, uh, Taiwan and China and South Korea doing a lot of business. And, you know, America is on its way to getting back online. Uh, But it looks like uh, Europe and and South America, Mexico, those areas, they're still kind of jacked up and behind on their vaccinations. Uh, I wish they could get it together, you know. I I got you. But bottom line is we come back. I'm going to take a break. We come back. I want to ask you about a specific movie, and if you've heard a release date for it, we'll ask you about that. And then uh, just talk about the big 
you know, the big part that moviedom plays uh, in the culture of America. It's important for us to be able to go back to the movies. I'm being honest with you. It, it, it's good for your soul to be able to go to a movie once in a while. Uh, you're listening to the Dave Ellswick Show. Of course, Matt Smith is our guest. He owns all the VIP cinemas across central Arkansas. We'll talk about some more movies that are coming out. Uh, I've got to find out when the buckets are going to be able to be taken back into the to the theaters again to get them filled with popcorn, all that to talk, be talked about when we come back. Don't forget about David Lucas Financial, who's the ultimate retirement planning checklist writer. Uh, it's a brochure that you need uh, to plan your retirement, and you can never start too soon. You know, I've been working since I was basically 13 years old. Uh, at 13, I was cleaning apartment buildings to make money so I could do things like go to the movies uh, when I was growing up. And uh, to be able to do that, I had to work. And But I wasn't thinking about retirement. I was just thinking about going to the movies, going to see the latest James Bond movie for the most part. Well, David Lucas Financial gives you a brochure that will set out the 30 uh, most crucial questions you should be able to answer so that you'll be ready for your retirement. Uh, you know, the worst nightmare you could have is after you retire, that somewhere along in your retirement, you're looking at the bank statement and there's not enough money in there to do what you want to do. You have outlived your money. You don't want that to happen. You want your money to outlive you. Find out how you can do that with the Ultimate Retirement Planning Checklist. Just uh, go to uh, David Lucas Financial, give him a call at 501-222-3315. And if you're one of the first 10 callers, they'll send you a copy of this free. and uh, Or go to the uh, website, davidlucasfinancial.com. All right, back with your final segment. we got about nine minutes to go. And i got to tell you, we're going to show Goldfinger coming in uh, April 2nd, Tuesday of April. Uh, back on the big screen again. You don't want to miss it. I per- particularly think uh, it is the most well-known uh, Bond movie that's out there with Sean Connery. It's a great movie. In fact, I was watching one of my favorite shows on Netflix, which is F1, which is all about F1 racing. They've done three seasons now, and I just finished the third season last night. And they mentioned that... Uh, Aston Martin is going to be back on the F1 circuit again uh, next year, and that uh, they're all excited. And this one driver, I forget which one it was, made the statement. He says, yeah, we're going to bring that 1960s sexiness back from Goldfinger. I went nuts when he said that. That was great. And then uh, Netflix did a little thing. It gave us the beginning of the Bond theme. Uh, theme. Dun-dun. Uh, you know, came on, and then they showed the Aston Martin from Goldfinger. <laughs> was, oh yeah, it was no great. I mean, that car, that car was awesome. Oh, I'll tell you what, Tuesday, April the thirteenth, seven p.m. Goldfinger PG tickets only five dollars. Get them at Riverdale10.com. dot com. Come out and see us and enjoy the film. That's going to be a good one. Okay, I told you I wanted to know about one particular movie. And, uh, of course, it's the new James Bond movie uh, with Daniel Craig. When can we expect that to see? Are they saying when they think they're going to release it now? Well, they had said November, right? But they said November back in January. Uh, I look for these things to, to shuffle around and change up, like we talked about earlier, as these vaccines get out there. 
Um, I know when you've got a great film like Wrath of Man with Jason Statham, and you've got some independent distributors out there, Open Road, Briarcliff, uh, Lionsgate, MGM, uh, they've got the theatrical rights to a movies like that in the United States. They're going to put them out there. Uh, that May 7th day for Wrath of Man is really going to be good for them. They're going to they're gonna clean up at the box office for that. That's going to be great for MGM. It's going to be great for Jason Statham. So you'll see that. Uh, these $500 million films like James Bond, they've got to go worldwide, day and date, same day. And okay. I, I think that's a much harder decision for those guys to make. Now, currently, that movie's set for November, but that could change. Uh, a lot of films have, have been moved into uh, late summer now. And July and August and September have a lot of movies stacked up for every Friday. That's got to change. Uh, if they can get a handle on this vaccine in places like Europe and South America, I think some of those dates will move up. Uh, there's no doubt. Uh, now, of course, for us, on May the 28th, we've got A Quiet Place 2 from Paramount Pictures. Yes. That's going to be a great movie for that for that holiday weekend. And then Cruella from Walt Disney also goes May 28th. And Spiral from the Book of Saul with uh, Chris Rock and Samuel L. Jackson goes May 21st. Uh, and that's from Lionsgate. And that looks to be a strong film uh, for that genre, uh, especially those two guys in the film. Chris Rock plays a detective uh, in that movie. So that looks that looks good. That looks strong. May looks, May looks really good. You know, we talked about the 14th and Angelina Jolie's film, uh, For Those Who Wish Me Dead, and, of course, May the 7th, Wrath of Man. And we've got some good pictures in April. So the spring is shaping up for us, that's for sure. This, this good news every day. As far as vaccinations, you know, that's really helping. Uh, and, you know, you mentioned the refills and things like that. I really hope that um, all the restrictions are dropped in Arkansas on April 1st, just like Texas and Florida, um, so that we can get back to doing refills and we can get back to the free popcorn and we can get back to, you know, having the butter station and the salt and all the food condiments and sauces out there so people can just help themselves to that and get all the butter and popcorn salt and barbecue sauce, whatever they want, you know. <laughs> so for our cinephiles that are out all the time, that's something they look forward to. We're going to be able yep. to provide it to them. So we're hoping that ASA drops those restrictions and we can just get back to doing those refills and having that, you know, unlimited popcorn bucket going again. That's for sure. Okay. You know, so we're hoping for one on that. Okay, so we were talking uh, during the break, and you're getting your second COVID shot on Monday. I've got yeah. I've gotten my both of my shots now. I w- I'm going to warn you that you'll probably be a little peak at the day after the second shot because this this vaccine is different than any vaccine we've ever used. It's got it's got live organisms in it. All right, I mean it's got the it's got uh, the uh, the COVID. Uh, Bacteria, not bacteria, but virus in it. And so you get that first shot, and your body's already built up kind of an immune to it. So when you get the second shot, your body reacts to it, and that's how you know your first shot was working. You know, and uh, it, I, I felt a little bit, I felt a little bit peaked after I had the shot, but I'm going to tell you what, I feel great now. Fantastic. And uh, I can go to the movies, and with the uh, Pfizer vaccine, it's 95% effective against you getting the the the, the COVID, uh, uh, you know, virus. So why wouldn't you go to the movies? Why wouldn't you go anywhere at that? 
Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I'm getting my second shot Monday, and then according to what literature I've read, you're supposed to be 95% covered two weeks after that second shot. That's right. So, you know, April 12th, I'm just going to go back to being buck wild. April 12th. <laughs> I'm out there, okay? I, don't, I might go skydiving naked without there a mask you. on April 12th. Oh, Who knows, tell, man? Do me yeah. a favor. Text me and tell me where you're going to do that so that I am not in the area. Okay, I'll do that because, I mean, I've been <laughs> aged for a year, okay? I feel I like got you. lion. I need out. <laughs> well, you're like me. You like you like to work out. You haven't even been able to do that, oh. and, you, and you're you a hard worker. You get out there and really get at it. Oh, I've been miserable. I am so ready to meet with my personal trainer, get back in that gym every day. I'm really ready to do that. I, I'm, I'm, I, you know, get back out to a restaurant, grab a good steak, you know, enjoy yeah. life, be a real American. You know, I got I mean, it. We're all ready for that, right? I'm, you know? I'm ready. I'm, I am definitely <laughs> ready for that. I am definitely ready for that. With that said, we've run out of time. Hey, listen. People can get their tickets now by going to uh, uh, Riverdale10.com for their because you can find any of the uh, theaters on that website, and you can go yes. ahead and buy your tickets now for Godzilla uh, versus Kong, which opens up this coming Wednesday uh, at all the theaters. I will be there with a big bucket of popcorn and a soda, ready to watch an 18-minute fight scene between Godzilla and Kong. Yeah. I'm looking for it. Matt. All right. Have a great weekend, Matt. We'll talk to you later. All right. Appreciate you. All right. So there you got it. Make sure you get your tickets. You can buy tickets to, I think, uh, up several months out. My movies are coming out. And you might have to do that on several just because people real pent up demand for people to go back to the theaters and see some of these great movies that are getting ready to come out. I have been waiting with bated breath for Wrath of Man with Jason Statham. I, I really like the guy. I like the guy a lot. Great action movies. I've liked him since the Transporter and um, what was it? Uh, thing that Richard did, the Two Smoking Barrels uh, movie. I, I really liked him in that as well. All right. I'll talk to you on Monday. Power panel is going to be in. Uh, we'll be, I'm sure, ready to talk about everything that's happening, and we'll have our spin on it when we come back on Monday at 6 a.m. You have a great weekend. Go see a movie this weekend here in Central Arkansas. Have a great one, everybody. <laughs>